BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. episode 595. My name is Paul Garcia and I'm your host here on the Spurs cast. Today I'll be joined by Project Spurs writer Aaron Millian. In this episode, Aaron and I will discuss the Spurs' last two games, their cold shooting from three, and we'll highlight DeJounte Murray's play so far this season. Let's go ahead and get started. Aaron, how you doing? Dude, really, really awesome, man. Can't, can't thank you enough for bringing me up to the, uh, to the big boy podcast. We just <laughs> launched the uh, Texas Half Court Trap covering college basketball, the local teams, UTSA, Texas State, UIW. So uh, getting the call from the big leagues, man. Yeah, dip my feet in the podcast pool. So I really appreciate you for having me. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, uh, so, so you know, Aaron did join us first, first cast listeners uh, last season during the, the, the season, uh, his right as a writer. So, uh, if you know, you want to check out his yeah, work man, at coming up on the uh, so. Coming up on the year anniversary, yeah, that's that's pretty fun. I totally forgot so, about that. That's cool. Yeah, so so we'll definitely have, you know you know try to put you here in the rotation with uh, some of our other writers that we have because the Spurscast listeners know we usually bring on each writer from our site uh, each week. All right, so Spurscast listeners, as you all know, you know I we had just launched a, an episode this this past weekend, um, um, Michael DeLeon and I. So there hasn't been that many games since then. Uh, there's only been two games, and the Spurs went um, one and one in these last two games. So let's go ahead and do a quick little review of what what happened. The latest news uh, Monday they they got a, they got a pretty good win. You know, twenty one point win against the. Portland Trailblazers in Portland. Uh, we know that CJ McCollum had just missed uh, the, the, a game, that game for the Blazers. So the Spurs got a pretty comfortable win there. I remember all four of the vets, uh, Patty Mills, Rudy Gay, LaMarcus Aldridge, and uh, DeJon, uh, I mean, DeMar DeRozan, they all had over 20 points in that game. Uh, then on Wednesday, I mean, this is why, you know, you really want to talk, talk look at the record and, con- uh, you know, as a whole rather than just one game because the Spurs look terrible on Wednesday. They, they got they got demolished yeah. by the Warriors uh, by 22 points. Um, they were down by 25 as much as that, that, that as many points as that during the game. Uh, Steph just basically carved them up. I mean, he just got whatever he wanted. <laughs> Andrew Wiggins played well. Uh, Kelly Obrey Jr., Draymond Green, James Wiseman was just getting alley-oop after alley-oop. So, yeah, you don't, you, we don't want to look too, too much at just that one game because it does look really bad because, I mean, coming off that, that Blazers win, it was really good. You know, Spurs look, look like a dominant exactly. team. Exactly. So, um, you know, Aaron, yeah, uh, right. you know, through, fi- through 15 games, you know, they are eight and seven uh, a year ago. They were five and ten at this time. So they have shown some improvement. And, you know, let's just say that they that they t- that they executed well uh, in every game this year, you know, in the final minute. They could actually be 12 and three at best case scenario. 
Well, let's just say that they didn't execute well. Well, then they could be four exactly. and eleven. So, I, I think yeah. So, I think that the, the best case scenario is the fact that like that this it was a bad loss against the Warriors, but it's only their third one where they've really been out of it, and we could just tell that there's only been three games right. where they've been they had no chance. That was the first game against the Lakers, the the the, the blowout by the Jazz. I mean, to the Jazz, and then now uh, mm-hmm. this Warriors game. So, kind of just tell me some of your thoughts on first of all these last two games, but then also just kind of your your thoughts on this team um, since this is your first time joining the Spurs cast. Yeah, man. You know, it's it's kind of funny that that last last game last night. That's I'm kind of glad we're not going to go too much into it because I <laughs> honestly, man, those those late ones over on the West Coast couldn't do it, especially after that first half. Man, I'm glad I gave up on that one. What I couldn't believe is that Steph Curry just, you know, he, he's carving up, carving us up, like you said. It seems to me like the Spurs still have issues getting around those Golden State double screens. You know, the the backside screens are still giving them issues. You know, Golden State might not be the team that they used to be, but, I mean, it's still mostly the same system. You see James Wiseman, he's just, you know, getting everything. He's just dumped off passes left and right. I think at one point it's just like, you know, you got to find whoever is guarding Wiseman, draw him out off some, you know, penetration, and you just dump it off to him, man. I think it was, what, 20 20 points in this last game. Their shooting was just, you know, 4 of 33 in that Golden State game. That's really tough. Let's definitely, you know – Call it, call it, you know, an aberration, maybe, you know, one, one, one of the few games that they've been out of it completely, like you said, but at the same time, you know, I, my biggest issue with this team, and maybe it's a little bit of a carryover from last season is they don't really keep that same uh, consistency of, Mm -hmm. you know, playing the same style of ball, no matter who your opponent is. Sometimes they play up to their opponent, they get a great win and we're all excited and we're believing. And, you know, sometimes they'll get, you know, they'll play down to a lesser team, the Golden State Warriors, they could have easily gone on kept that win streak going up to three games and, you know, instead you maybe you trip and now you're trying to bounce back at home against Dallas tomorrow night. So, I mean, it, it's going to be pretty interesting to see. I, I personally like the regional matchups too, both Luca, you know, I cover uh, just about every team in Texas with sport radar. So I've gotten to see, you know, Dallas a little bit. Um, I kind of, I'm, I'm kind of fingers crossed maybe that we can slow down Luca a little bit. It seems like every major guy has their <laughs> career night against the Spurs, man, you know, Steph Curry, uh, Paul Pierce is saying Curry for MVP today on the jump. I'm like, dude, get out of here, man. You just played the Spurs. Like, it's not, you know, you can't go all in on that. But I swear, man, even going back to the last season, it just feels like, you know, the the, the best player on that team, they end up going off. Dame, I think, at 35 on the MLK Day mm-hmm. yep. game as well. So, I mean, uh, maybe it's, you know, the cops pop, pops old adage of, you know, let their star player go and try and shut down the other guys. But, I mean, yeah, Golden State, that's, that's just a trip-up game. Let's just kind of wipe that from our memory and keep going, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, I remember watching you right in the first quarter, and I was like, one of the Spurs, from, from just my takeaway, one of the biggest issues with this team, I know, I know they've gotten better defensively, but I really feel like they have mm-hmm. really good one, one-on-one defenders. You talk about Keldon, you know, DeJounte Murray, Lonnie Walker, right. et cetera. But right. the, when you watch a lot of their mistakes, a lot of times it's, it's because their team communication. That's one of their, that's one of their areas that they're still working on. Uh, and that's, that's you know, I've, I've talked about yeah. that multiple times. And so this is a team that, like you mentioned, does a lot of backdoor cuts, uh, backdoor passes. And, and I just knew they were just going to carve them up. I mean, I mean, and also their pick and roll defense has been an issue all year. <laughs> And so when you have a guy like Steph just yes. kind of walking into the paint and doing whatever he wants, whether it's scoring or dishing uh, to his teammates, I mean, that was going to be an issue and you could just see it right there. Uh, I agree with you, though. I mean, they, they were the Warriors were only favored by one point. So there wasn't a reason for the Spurs to get blown out like this. It was just more so, like not you mentioned, all. where, um, you know, San Antonio, just their, their energy is just not there in certain games. Uh, like you mentioned, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes they do play down, you know, they could get a win against the Clippers or Lakers. And all of a sudden, you know, they, they struggle against the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's like that's just exactly, what happens. Right. And, you know, so. So yeah, so so but like like I said, I wanted to really um you know pro- provide some context and say you know they are eight and seven. Uh, I, I know that you know that that loss looked really bad, but you know overall they they really have been in all the in, in all of these games. So let's go ahead and transition to our second topic. Oh, do you want to say something? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. You you know you're saying 
you know, their record, they're six and two on the road. So, I mean, it, it almost yeah. seems like maybe, you know, I understand COVID, it, it limited, you know, fan capacity in some of these games, at t Center, we're still trying to get people in there. But, you know, the Spurs aren't one of those teams that, you know, maybe it's like a college team that tries to turn it on and off. It seems like the Spurs have been built off of consistency. So I, I think a lot of, you know, the, the fan base as well as, you know, us as well, we're a little taken aback when we see this kind of inconsistency back and forth, man. It, you know, it, it really is kind of frustrating seeing Wiseman go off on Aldridge. I mean, Aldridge, one thing that's uh, one observation I had as well is that, you know, he's not even in the top five rebounders on the team, man. That's that's really interesting as our big guy. You know, Jacopo is, you know, really doing it all from the post uh, if you want to get into Aldridge as well. But, you know, 13.5 a game, 4.6 rebounds through 12 games. Uh, that's that's not going to cut it as much when you're one of the only big guys that the Spurs have. Yeah, no, no, we can actually talk about him. So I didn't put him on the agenda to talk about, but because I, I had kind of <laughs> talked, to, I had talked about him just recently, just a few days ago, because uh-huh. I mean, Jakob has been playing so because Jakob recently had a really good game um, coming into the weekend. Right. Uh, and so, I, you know, I, I talked to Mike about that over the weekend. I was like, you know, we we're talking about Jakob. We're like, <laughs> you know, give LaMarcus some time. He's only played in 10 games. You know, he, he has been dealing with some injuries. He missed all the bubble, um, et cetera. Right. But man, again, four points. I mean, oh, no, first of all, let's go back to Tuesday. I mean, uh, Monday when he had against the mm-hmm. Blazers, he had what, 22 member he had. And I think he had 20 from mid range. Right. Points Dude, him and him and Rudy Gay combined for 43 points. And so you're yeah. you're loving it. And then the very next game, you know, they're but, only averaging 22.5 combined. Exactly. And this is this is his third game, though, of four points. I mean, just four points. And so, I, you know, Mike and I talked about this, how, you know, he's he's it's going to be harder for him now because DeJounte is becoming more aggressive uh, in terms of, you know, right. whether it's scoring or, or moving the ball. You got Kelton Johnson there attacking the room nonstop. You got Lonnie Walker now as a presence as well in that offense. So he's almost been demoted. It's like the, the fourth or, third or, or fifth option. But like he needs to also assert himself in and get himself involved now i know that see a lot of the what they did against the blazers was just picking on canter and and his canter is a terrible defender they were just you know just <laughs> he was just he couldn't recover onto aldridge on uh, those pick right. and pops so aldridge was just getting shot after shot but now here you get it you get an athletic big like wiseman who can you know move around his feet and and, and move around you got draymond green you know helping out that's a yeah, harder man. team to, to get those nice shots against and so all of a sudden you know four points you know how you know, they don't post him up anymore at this point. And he's kind of made some comments about that uh, in some of the post game right. interviews, but then also, you know, where else does he get his, does he get his scoring? I, I know he's good at the mid range. He's shooting over 50%. That's a good thing, but I mean, he, we're going to talk Always. about this in a little bit. He's uh, you know, he just doesn't have that <laughs> three point shot at, at, at all. So what do you think about Aldridge in terms of just going forward? Yeah. And, and you know, going back to it too, Wiseman might've been the worst guy to even put him against. Cause these young guys almost run him off the court sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with you, you know, especially, you know, going back to the last episode as well, it is, you know, an early season, he is coming off of some stuff. So hopefully it's more conditioning and more of it's maybe a mental thing as opposed to like an actual problem with the offense. Scott forbid, you know, I, I like, I like where he stands, you know, in our offense as well. Being as a number five though, that's, he needs to be the number two. I think he should be the number one and DeMar is number two, but you know, DeMar always does this dump off pass kind of midway through a shot where he'll just kind of dump it off to somebody. And Aldridge needs to be that guy. I, per- I Dude, I'm going to coin this. I'm going to copyright it. I call it the Demanu Ginobili pass. Man. I mean, it's just as wild. He's always halfway through a shot. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Somebody. I love that. I thought him and Aldridge would always be perfect. I think one of the first articles I ever wrote for Project Spurs was about how they could still compete. So mm-hmm. I-, I love that twosome. I really do. I still believe in Aldridge. I'm not like one of the, you know, I'm not going to, placate the toxic fan base you know i'm not gonna do any of that trade stuff i really believe in the team i believe in the roster that we have right now um i'm gonna i'm gonna jump on the you know wait and see boat in terms of aldridge i'm always gonna root but yeah i, I definitely think the jury's still out on that 
Yeah, for sure. You know, and I'm just more, you know, me, I'm like more analytical. So when I see Jakob's like right. 436 numbers just skyrocketing, compared Dude. To other games, it's like, <laughs> that's, literally it's like PR, yeah. that's the thing is like, you know, defensively, you know, Jakob's, you know, at, at this point, you have to say, you know, just the numbers back it up. I mean, Jakob's a better defender at this point. It's just what it is. And so that's why if you do have Aldridge starting still and you have him as one of your core pieces, well, then it's mostly because he's giving you more something more dynamic on offense. But right now, you know, that's in and out in terms of, of the production there. Um, let's go ahead and shift on to our second topic. And, you know, I kind of addressed this over the week on Mike, and I was kind of just waiting to see see if things got better and it's the Spurs shot from three all of a sudden it's kind of fallen off I know that they shot really well against the Blazers um they had a, they I think they shot like 40 or 50 percent of that one game but aside from that before that they were struggling they had had four games of shooting below 30 percent and then they had a, they had an abysmal night against the Warriors from from downtown uh they shot 12 percent just 12 percent for 33 so let's go to I, I I want to just kind of get your take on on their on their three-point shooting let's first look at some of the team stats um you know they take we, we already know they don't take a lot of threes uh 31 attempts per game which is 26 in the league their their accuracy has dropped at, at one point they were in the top 10 then they were about league average now all of a sudden they fall into 20 at the 35 percent 35.5 percent uh we can tell that the three is a big reason a big part of whether, whether they win or lose when they win games uh, they're shooting almost 40 percent from three however when they lose they're shooting about 30 percent 29.5 percent so that's a that's a big part of it um Coach Pop in this in this game, um, you know, against the Warriors, he said, "If you shoot four thirty three from three, your defense better be perfect." And <laughs> I we kind of quote, <laughs> yes, it, it is a really good quote because that's actually yeah. a really good um a portrait of what happened against the Rockets and the Wolves, where the Spurs did shoot thirty percent from three, but they had excellent defense in both of those games, and so and so they actually split both of those games. You know, they won one, they lost one. Which again, you can have a chance if you have good defense against the Warriors. They didn't have good defense, so they, you saw what happened. If you can't shoot threes and you play terrible defense, you're going to get blown out. Yeah. And so that that's a that's a case where you know. You, you have to see if this is going to be if this is real or or is just is just a bad stretch for them uh I, I really dug into this i wanted to this is the first time I, today that i wanted to dig into their wide open threes and i was i was really curious to see what, what they're what they're shooting there that. that was such um, a good observation yeah, and so they're, they're getting 14.7 wide-open threes uh, per game, which is a very low number, 27th in the league. They're only shooting 38.6% on wide-open threes, which is 20. So that's not – you know, I, I really feel like if you're getting wide-open threes, you should be shooting 40% or better, and that's kind that's of my, where offense. I get it. That's the yeah. Spurs offense that we've known and loved. You know, they're not going to shoot a three unless it's a great shot. You play good shot, great shot. You might have a good look. You're always going to pass it to the better one. Man, I, I love that one tweet you had earlier about how I think you said they dropped just two two percentage points in one game. Yeah, thirty-seven is, to thirty-five. That's, wild. <laughs> that's yeah. insane. I've never seen anything like that. I was just like, you know, I'm an analytics guy myself, a sport radar, so I was just like, you know, that, that makes no sense. Just in one game to be dropping, you know, percentage percentage wise, are we going to go up two percentages in one game? That doesn't yeah. sound realistic, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I mean, but, but, I mean, I, I know, I know people were tweeting me asking me, uh, you know, what's the last time they shot four thirty three or like you know, made four threes. And I didn't want to look that right. up. Cause I don't, I don't know how far oh, again, no. again they, they made some history right there with that, with that shooting. Uh, and then something else to note is that 40% of 47% of their threes are wide open. So they're not even getting over half their threes that are wide open. I, I know that on defense, right. they give the opponent over half their threes that are wide open. 55% of the opponent threes are wide open. Uh, and then overall, this was an issue for them last season was the three point line. They're scoring battle there and they are losing that battle now by 63 points when you throw in what happened against the Warriors uh recently so now let's really dive into some of the players here um what I've done is I've kind of picked apart uh I went through all the attempts and I and I put in who you know who who makes the, the biggest percentage of their gap from three and so there's really uh when I look at it there's about one two three five players who really that, that take up 10 percent or more of their threes so the first player is Patty Mills 22 percent of their threes come come from Patty uh he's shooting well 43 percent right. overall 43 percent on wide open three so Patty's okay you know he can have some cold nights Man, Patty looks amazing yeah for sure lately 
uh lonnie walker the fourth has been stable uh 15 he takes he takes um he takes uh responsibility for 15 percent of their of their threes overall and he's shooting well as well 30 percent from three overall and then 44 percent from wide open so you leave you leave lonnie, lonnie wide open you're going to pay for it as a defense uh rudy gay has had some trouble here so i know that i've seen him uh, be a player who kind of fluctuates in terms of, of his percentage and his accuracy so he he's accounts for 15 percent of the, th- the team threes just like lonnie but uh overall his, his three-point shot is at 35 percent uh and then his wide open threes at 37 percent which is still good enough but again, like I mentioned, you want to be over 40%. So Rudy's one of the players that I've kind of highlighted there that, that, that is struggling his wide open three. Um, DeJounte Murray, uh, who we're going to give some praise to in a little bit. He's going to be our, our last topic <laughs> there. But in terms of his three-point shot, that's kind of, you know, struggling a little bit right now. Uh, he takes he, He's responsible for 11% of the team threes. Um, he's, he's shooting just overall 30% from three, from wide open three, 35%. So again, DeJounte's having trouble there. And then the last player is Kelton Johnson. He's, he's accounting for 10% of their three-point attempts. Uh, and he's shooting th- uh, overall 35%. You know, not bad for Kelton. And then oh, and then wide open again, thirty five percent as well. So, um, what 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 are some of your thoughts on on their three point shooting in terms of these five guys? Because these are the pretty much the players who are counting for their threes. Right, yeah, that's a large percentage of their offense right there. I love Lonnie Walker. That's what jumped out to me first is that he's actually stretching the floor a little bit. Hopefully, you know, the game is slowing down for him. He's so athletic that if he gets that shot going, I know thirty eight percent isn't you know. It's not favorable, but he's he's good there. He's, yeah. he's working with it. It's definitely workable. And for him to get that shot going, stretch the defense, blow by guys, that's amazing. Patty Mills, I don't, I don't know what else to say about the 32-year-old yeah. man. I mean, he's like the longest tenured spur. He's the guy now. I think we're all really sitting around wondering, is his jersey going up? His jersey's probably going up at this point. Just yeah, out, so. off of the, you know, the tenure at least, at the very least. He's one of the longest tenured spurs, I think, just total mm-hmm. as, as just in franchise as well you know uh Kelton Johnson I don't really think he needs to be taking that much no, yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. that, that was one thing that you know stood out to me a little bit too I was like you know 10 percent. he really needs to hang out around there he's another guy like Lonnie well you know you you want that shot to maybe add to your game and you know add, a, add an aspect to it but you don't need to rely on that especially the Spurs one of the last teams that are going to rely on threes to begin with so Kelton really I mean he doesn't need to be doing that Murray, though, is interesting to me because DeJounte Murray is, you know, he's coming into his own and, he, you know, he he gets a little bit of setback. And I don't know why, man, I I, I, I can't engage with some fans on Twitter. <laughs> it's like everyone is not on the trading block, man. They're young guys. You know, it's kind of crazy. Right? We're getting in that age where we're around the same age or young, older than these guys. And you have to remember yeah. that, you know, he got handed the keys to the offense. And mm-hmm. it's one of the most prolific offenses in the NBA. He's doing all right, especially playing defense. You know, even when he's having a bad game. You know, that, that Warriors game, we got that steal and a dunk. You know, that's always yeah. something that will get you right back into it, forces Steve Kerr to call a timeout. You know, they try and cut the lead. It's at least something. Yeah. He's doing at least something. But in terms of, you know, three-point three point percentage, yeah, I don't really – I'm not too worried about DeJounte Murray. He, if anything, I would say, you know, same with Kelton. You need, you need to be shooting even less three yeah. threes than that. It's, I know that's almost, you know, taboo to say with the Spurs of don't take threes, but these are two guys that don't really need to be doing that. Um, I, I know Alder just tried to add that to his game a little bit. I know Lowes is even stepping up a little bit and just trying to facilitate the offense and get moving as well. So, I mean, I don't really think your guards are the ones that need to be putting up those threes. I do like, you know, that they are open. You know, the stat about the open wide open threes for the Spurs is incredible. I think they should always be shooting 50% of the threes should be wide open. You just have to get that percentage up. I don't know if it's, you know, a lot of these teams are saying too, you know, with the, with the bubble and these, these closed arenas, it's a shooter's gym. You would think that, you know, less fans, less stuff, you know, uh, what is it? depth perception as well even Mm -hmm. you a lot of these guys numbers in the bubble were crazy it didn't translate to the spurs we're going back in our arenas it's not translating to the spurs i don't know if it's just that they don't want to shoot the three or if they they can't i don't i don't think it's a can't thing but we've been asking this question for about two or three seasons now 
Yeah. And, and you know, the, the thing is they don't really have that insurance anymore of Marco Bellinelli or Brent Forbes anymore. Like, you know, those two players are gone <laughs> now and they, and they made up a huge chunk, you know, along with Patty of, of the threes from last year. Now one, one positive right. is that they are going to eventually get Derek white back. Uh, and, you know, and then just talking about some other players who, who do take some threes, uh, Aldridge, you know, 9% of, of the team shots from three come from right. him. He's struggling, you know, like you mentioned, 25% from three right now, uh, 30% from wide open three. So at this point, it's mm-hmm. it's more valuable for him to just take that mid range because he shoots over 55%. So it's just a it is. For him. If you're going to miss it, then you might as well just step in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Devin Vassell, you know, a rookie is actually shooting very well. Um, he, he's only accounting for 7% of their, of their three-point attempts, 35% from three, 45% from wide open threes. So you leave Devin open, whew, you're going to pay for it. And then DeRozan, you know, right. doesn't take them that much like we saw early on in the, in the first few weeks of the season. So just 6% of, of the team shots from three come from him. Uh, he's he's mm-hmm. making about 33% overall and then 42% wide open. Uh, but, you know, I don't really count DeMar as, as part of that, that that group that takes a lot of threes. So um, so what do you, what do you um, not, not attribute this to, but I guess I, I should ask you, where do you see this team in? In terms of let's say even when Derek White gets back, where where are they in terms of their in terms of being uh, in their accuracy? Where do you think they're at? Like what range? So I think they slid down to eighth last night, if I'm correct. Right, they slid from fifth to eighth. I think they're still a playoff hunting team, especially if we can get these three points up. That last thing I want to touch on with Demar though, I mean his his shot selection I think has always fit the Spurs offense. He's always mm-hmm. been a high efficiency shooter. Even his three points, I mean maybe he's not taking that many. They're still high efficiency. You can't mm-hmm. bother. You can't really complain about that. I think personally the Spurs can make a run of the playoffs. I thought they could have made a run of the playoffs last season. I think this streak, it's there's no better time to start over and start a new one, especially where we're at right now. I know the West is tough. I know, especially the way things are going, you know, game to game, you know, playing down to your opponent, playing up to your opponent. If you're playing all these high intensity Western conference games, hopefully they play their energy up to that. And, you know, they mm-hmm. stay in that kind of bubble Spurs mentality. We love what they did in the bubble, those last eight games. I really appreciate it. I think a lot of fans got us excited for it. And, you know, uh, at the same time, you know, everybody is getting better. So what is your way to adapt? What is your way to improve in the offseason? It's not so much about Aldridge uh, getting back and getting rehabbed and getting back to where he is. You got to get better. We have to get mm-hmm. better as, as, a, as, you know, a team overall. Just shooting-wise, one that's one improvement. On the defensive end, man, I, I you know, it's the Spurs. It's the Spurs defense. It, you're absolutely right. It looks more like a team communicating with you as opposed to, you know, the athleticism. These guys are lanky, young, mm-hmm. fresh legs. Lonnie, DeJounte, you know, DeMar can even still get after it on defense. Yeah. I really think, you know, we should be one of the better defensive teams in the league. Three-point shooting, uh, you know, mid-range game shooting. If we can if we can just keep, you know, our mid-range where we're at, slightly improve on the three, we're a playoff team for sure. It's There's very real minute adjustments that they need to make to be right where we were last season or even past where we can get that and, you know, back to where you know, I think what Spurs fans are used to in terms of the style of ball. Yeah, as far as their accuracy, where they're going to end up, uh, you know, for, for the season, you know, I'm still kind of waiting. It's only been 15 games, like we mentioned. I want to see what it looks right. like, for like 30 or 40 games. And that's kind of what we know exactly. what they are, the players and, and the team. Uh, and I, I think that it goes back to that Coach Pop quote, you know, where they show, you know, if, you, if you're going to struggle from three as a team, then you got to be able to play good defense. And so they were able to show mm-hmm. that against the Rockets and, and Wolves, like I mentioned. Uh, but, you know, that game against the Warriors, you, you don't play good defense in one game and that's it. You're going to get blown out if you're not making three. So, so again, we'll, we'll kind of wait and see what happens. And, and one other, you know, play, one other player who's coming back eventually down the road is Darryl Derek White, you know, he, he's a good three-point right. shooter. He's a solid three-point shooter. Great defensive guy, too, so, yeah. And, he, and he'll help out in terms of taking some of those threes, um, you know, off the pressure of, like, Murray and, and Marcus and Kelton Johnson. Right. Um, 
Let's go ahead and uh, uh, close our last topic here. And I want to talk about DeJounte Murray just because, you know, it's hard when they come off a blowout <laughs> loss. It's hard to talk about anything positive, you know, from, from the team. Yeah. Had, had, had it been the game after the Blazers, I would have been, I would have had so much more, you know, positive to talk about. But, you know, all of a sudden just <laughs> to be right. recording on, on this evening, on a, on a Thursday evening. Anyway, DeJounte, like you mentioned earlier, he, he did play well despite the loss, you know. And so I kind of want to talk about him, just kind of what he's doing this year. I know we've mentioned him here on the Spurs cast several times. That's how good of a year he's having where we're talking about almost week after week. Uh, so let's go ahead and dig into some of his, um, his stats and kind of just, uh, and I want to get your thoughts on him um base stats you know 15.8 points per game which is second on the team behind only DeRozan uh 45 shooting overall 2.1 free throw attempts which is third on the team uh, behind DeRozan and Keldon 7.3 rebounds per game which is first on the team uh, although Kel- Keldon's giving him a lot of uh, competition there for the, for being the leading rebounder. I couldn't believe that man I triple checked yeah. that so many times I just knew I was it's, off or on a split or a PER or per 36 you know yeah, like, yeah. I was just, what is that it's wild. Like every day uh, after the day after a game, I come home and I crunch my numbers and I plug them in. And uh, sometimes Kelton actually <laughs> takes the lead. Sometimes Kelton actually takes the lead in terms of total rebounds. But right now, Murray yeah. is, is, is first. Uh, 5.5 assists, uh, second on the team, you know, only behind DeRozan. Uh, 1.8 turnovers, which is second. That's something that everybody's been talking about, how he doesn't turn the ball over that much compared to the number right. of assists he's getting. Uh, at 32 and a half minutes. Um, so what I did was I just wanted to say, you know, who else is putting up in the in the NBA as a whole stat line similar to DeJounte? So I, so I did mm-hmm. um, points. Um, rebounds and assists and steals those four categories and it was only right. Dejounte, uh Giannis Antetokounmpo and Nikola Jokic three that's it three players <laughs> so then when wow. he turned it when you when you show the fact that Dejounte doesn't turn the ball over you know less than two times a game uh Jokic and, and Giannis fall out and Dejounte's in his own category so you know it does show that Absolutely. he's he's putting up some numbers right now um you know that are that are in a category of his own um as far as his offense, we've kind of talked about his three-point shot, but the rest of his offense, I think one of the biggest um, areas where he's really improved, and you've seen him sustain this all, all year now, is his, his, his ability to attack the rim. He's getting there. 31% of his shots are coming from the restricted area. That's the closest area to the basket, which is second on the yeah. team, only behind Keldon. Uh, 25, 24% of his shots come from through. We mentioned already that about how he's struggling from there. 23% of his shots come from that non-restricted area, that little floater range. Uh, and then 22% of his shots from mid-range. Um, so, you know, he's saving mid-range for last at this point, which is, you know, even though it's his bread and butter <laughs> shot, he's actually only going to it if he really needs to. Uh, he's right. shooting very well still at this point, 66% of the restricted area, um, 30% from three, like we mentioned, 34% from the non-restricted area, which is that floater range, and then 45% from mid-range. Um, so what have you just uh, thought about his shot so far in terms of just his yeah, shot man, selection? Yeah, man, absolutely. I, I love that player comp too with Giannis and, uh, and Jokic too, because he's the only guard doing that. He's mm-hmm. definitely the only guard in the NBA going to do it. I mean, Russell Westbrook, we're still trying to figure out what's even going on with the Wizards, mm-hmm. but I've always had that player comp of DeJounte Murray, Russell Westbrook, even Russell Westbrook when he was at UCLA. That's always been DeJounte Murray's game. He's always been able to get to the rim, even before the ACL injury. He still has that same explosiveness. That was one of our biggest concerns that year. I mean, he's there. No one's no one. I, I think it's it, you'd be hard pressed to even remember that he was out for a full year. So in terms of his game improving, he's coming into himself, coming into his body, you know, coming into, you know, he's with clutch management now too. So I'm sure there's a little bit of that going on with it as well. But yeah, no, man, I think that's always been his game. He's definitely facilitating it more. Him and uh, I think it's him and DeMar, they combined for, what was it? 33 assists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or 11 each. I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's insane the other night against Portland. So that's great. I mean, that's definitely something he needs to, you know, always keep going with, especially when you, you know, Jokic and, Giannis, they're not they're not initiating the offense. They're not the point guard the way Dejounte Murray usually gets the ball rolling. I know the Spurs are a very assist driven team, but he's bringing the ball up himself. But yeah, in terms of that man, getting to the hoop, that's always been it. He needs to keep doing that. Rely on that. That's your bread and butter. Your mid range, I get it. And you know the three point, the three point. We've already had that conversation as well. But that's in terms of improving or just constantly taking that step up. 
he's still getting better. Imagine where he'll be at the end of the season or even in the bubble to now. I think there's an improvement. There's a significant improvement. He's been in the gym. Yeah, and one of the areas, though, that I think is, is really um, shown improvement is just his finishing. I really feel like, like in years past, he's had trouble finishing around the rim. And, and so you see it now. He's making 66, 66% of his shots at, a, at the closest area to the basket. And then you see him how he's driving the ball a little bit more now. Um, he's second on the team in drives, only behind DeRozan. Um, for, anytime he takes a drive, there's a 47% chance he's going to shoot the ball. There's a 45% chance he's going to pass it. And and um, 4% chance he gets to the line. So he doesn't get to the line that much, which we noted that. Right. But, this is really incredible. Just a 2% chance that he's even going to turn it over on a drive. So that, so again, it shows that he's taking <laughs> care of the ball. That's incredible. And, and you made that, that Russell um, Westbrook um, comparison earlier. And, and you know, that's, that's a player also that I've, I've saw as far as DeJounte Morty is game after, but Russ turns it over a lot. Yeah. And that's the thing is DeJounte's done a oh, really good gosh, job yeah. <laughs> of, um, of not turning it over. And then one of the, one of the things that makes DeJounte really unique is the, is the defensive um, stats as well. You know, he's a really good Absolutely. defender. He is a second in, in the past. He was a second all NBA level defender. So let's look at some of his defensive stats uh, right now. He has 50 deflections, which is Four, I mean, which is first on the team on the Spurs team, but fourth overall in the league in terms of total number of deflections, and he has and he leads the team in tw- with twenty two steals. Um, I've just noticed some players that have been his primary matchup that pops, you know, had him guard mm-hmm. um, John Moran, uh, uh, D'Angelo Russell twice, uh, Dame Lillard, like we mentioned the other night, and then Steph Curry. But even though that Curry one doesn't look very good for any of those Spurs players, uh, so let's not <laughs> mention that stuff. Uh, and then as a secondary <laughs> defender, you know, when it's not Lonnie or Kelton getting the other primary matchups, he's guarded players like Kyle Lowry and Donovan Mitchell as well. Um, so what, what do you want to say about his defense? And then also the fact that. On the defense, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's a guard-driven league to even have a guy that can match up on those guys and not get ex- just exposed. That's incredible. So to have a guy that matches up well against them, you know, slows down their offense, actually impedes their momentum at times. You know, DJ, man, I, I love that. Uh, what was it last season too, where he got in a little tiff with Harden when he was still in Houston? Was just, he has that dog mentality, man. You are not going to go off on him. He's going to take it personally. He doesn't need to score the ball to influence the game and affect, yeah. you know, the outcome of games. When he does that, it usually benefits the Spurs. But even when his offense isn't going, his defense is one consistent thing that he has always improved on. It's constant growth, constant acceleration. You know, I, I love where he's going. Is this is this fourth or fifth year? Correct, right? Yeah, I think four. I, I'm not too sure. Yeah. yeah so yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Even it's hard for us to even you know compare him to anybody. I think for his draft class, definitely he's one of the main guys that's been able to you know have a staying staying power in the league. But just in terms of he's our guy now. I mean, we we ended up, you know, moving Tony moving on from Tony Parker to DeJounte Murray, and we haven't had a constant rotation of guards the way some teams in the NBA have. I think the Spurs have been really lucky with that. Spurs fans really gotta just sit back and relax on that one. It was a great pick, it was a great move, and it, it is turning out still well. He's still he's still growing into the player that he can be. I think the Russell Westbrook comparison is even funny because yeah, turnovers. Not even comparable. And I'm sorry. I think DeJounte Murray's defense is better than Russell Westbrook's at times. Oh, yeah. you, you, see, you see how Russ can almost check himself out of games. We never were talking about DeJounte Murray's attitude. That's yeah. one of the last things you hear about on the court is, you know, he's not really, you know, all in. He's all in on every play, every defensive time, every defensive possession. You know, he's slapping the floor like old school, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, yeah. you're not scoring on him. I love that. I love that kind of mentality. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I just looked it up real quick. Uh, he is, it's his fourth year. So, so yeah. So yeah, it cool. feels like yeah, he hasn't yeah. been there that, that And even that, without that an injury year too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, really, man, that's, that's, that's impressive. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I mean, like I said, I think the biggest issue, I mean, the, the two biggest things for, from, from what I've seen in terms of growth is uh, like, like I mentioned, the turnovers really just doing a good job of there and then not, not, not turning it over. And then also, like I mentioned, finishing at the rim, he's just gotten so much better at that. And that's an area where I, I didn't know if he was going to do that. Um, I thought that like this season, he would, he would continue, he would like try to more expand his three point shot. I didn't think he'd actually do work on going to the rim. And so, yeah. Right. So, so, you know, he's just having a, a really good season so far through 15 years. He's improving on uh, things that you don't even need him to improve on. Like that's incredible. Yeah. That's a really good aspect. I attribute to have as a young player. 
For sure. So, so yeah. So, um, again, Spurs cast sisters. I know it's only been two games. Again, coming off that Warriors loss, it does look hor- it does look horrible for the team. Uh, but again, when you sit back and you really look 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 back, you you do notice that this team has been very competitive in all of their games, pretty much except for three. And Absolutely. I know that Warriors one was one of those three. So again, you know they've had a chance where they could they could have be really good right now, or or um, you know, it could be not, not they could be the opposite. Uh, but again, not so the, the one the one player who could yeah exactly the one player who will be you know coming back as a core piece is going to be Derek White in the future. And you know every day that the injury report comes out, I constantly look to see oh wait it's gonna be questionable it's gonna be probable because i think that time's Rehab, coming up you yeah. know it's been about almost two or three weeks since pop last said that that he was gonna you know start getting ready to come back here so so again we just kind of watching Derek white should be coming back uh pretty soon here in the near future so um just just uh one last reminder spurs cast sisters make sure to visit project spurs.com um uh, steven and uh, steven anderson's uh continue to provide analysis after each game uh also our latest prospect watch by benjamin bornstein is over kai jones uh, so make sure you check out ben's work you know as the as the uh, draft um you know, it's coming about next year, but Ben's obviously um, getting everybody prepared for that. Uh, thanks to Aaron again for joining me here on the Spurs cast and also to Michael DeLeon for mixing and producing this episode. From all of us at Project Spurs, stay safe and have a great day. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.